0: today with a friend of mine, Elaine Lee. Hello. Hello, Elaine. We're going to talk about a bunch of things today, including social media, obviously, advertising, and a little bit about where she's from, where she's going. Do you want to just talk me through your background?
1: So I was born and raised in Hong Kong in a pretty typical Asian family. Went to local school, you know, like everything was about getting good results and getting good grades. And then I spent some time in Melbourne, went to boarding school there for two years Mm. and um, went to college in Chicago. After college, I worked in the States for a little bit for about like a year or two and then came back to Hong Kong. Where
0: did you work in the States?
1: I worked in Chicago and San Francisco. I was also in advertising and I was there. And after that, I came back to Hong Kong and continued working in advertising.
0: Was your degree in something to do with advertising?
1: My degree was Bachelor of Fine Arts. I actually went to a really like artsy art school <laughs> called School of the Art Institute of Chicago. Okay. You know, like they really promote conceptual thinking and fine art. And I actually went to the school knowing I enjoy advertising and I enjoy graphic design. right? But I feel like being in that art school, it kind of helped develop my conceptual skills, which you yeah. kind of need in advertising. Mixing that with kind of like the more traditional Asian, you know, like, it's a bit like more logical yeah, thinking, like yeah, it, it, yeah. it really helped me get into the
0: field. So if you knew you wanted to go into advertising at age 18, what was it that interested you about advertising at such a young age?
1: I think it was quite subconscious actually. When people asked me, when did you, know you want to get into the industry. Yeah. I think back and I remember in Form 2, which is grade eight or grade nine yeah. in Hong Kong, you know, the art teacher was like, oh, where can you see reflections of art? Yeah, where can you see like, reflections of art around town? It's like, yeah. oh, billboards, you know, like in like paintings, galleries, TV shows. And I remember really clearly that I was the only one who said, like, advertising. Because, like, advertising is actually a form of art as well. So thinking back, like, you know, like, when I watched TV with my mom um, at home, she would be watching the TV shows and then, you know, go to the bathroom when the ads are on. But then I would actually stay and watch the ads. So subconsciously, it's something that, I guess, interests me, which I never realized. mm -hmm. And then after graduation, it's like, oh… Like, it's actually quite an interesting field. It's like a mix of the art of persuasion and visual art.
0: Pretty sure I can attribute it to Banksy. There's a quote that says something like that all the best writers are actually in advertising.
1: Because they're the best persuaders. Yeah, yeah, the best persuaders.
0: But also advertising makes more money than the actual content that, that sits around it. So, Would you agree with that?
1: I would, I would, yeah. I think that's true to a certain point, to a certain extent.
0: While you were doing the advertising thing, you were also building secret (laughs) <laughs> not, not even secret, but you were alter having... Ego. Uh, yeah, yeah, alter ego. <laughs> another life. Lilane, because I like to make fun. You have a huge social media presence. Like Um, you. Yeah, (laughs) a little bit like me, yeah. So how did that get started?
1: It started the last year in college in Chicago. Instagram was a relatively new platform back then. I think it was 2012. Uh, Just giving you a backstory, photography has always been a hobby of mine. I was shooting since I was in middle school. And so Instagram came along and my friend was like, you know, since you like photography, why don't you sign up for it? So Mm. I did. I just share, you know, really artsy geometry yeah. <laughs> kind of pictures, like photos of staircase and yeah. buildings. Take it with my iPhone onto Instagram. And I remember that was in Chicago. Yeah. And this random guy who I didn't know, right. just started following me. Yeah. And he started commenting. He's like, oh, these are great pictures. And I'm just like, who the hell are you? Like, why are you looking at my pictures? How did <laughs> but, you find me?
0: But it was always a public account, right? It was it, always it, a public yeah, account, okay. yeah.
1: So I click onto his feed and mm-hmm. it was actually, you know, also a lot of really nice geometric photos. So I followed him as well. And one day he left a comment and he said, hey, do you want to go out and shoot sometime? Right. I was like, No. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> Um, In my mind, I'm just like, that's kind of weird. It's like meeting internet friends. What if he's like a creepy person? Absolutely. But his photos were nice Mm -hmm. and he seems like a nice guy. So I just went out and meet up with him and his wife. And we walked around and shoot. It was really cold. We yeah. went to like a, like an area where there's not a lot of people. So I was just right. really nervous. Yeah, yeah. But he was really nice. And he was just telling me about like, oh, all these apps that you can use. Like Afterlight, Visco, oh, and Snapseed. Right. I was like, what? <laughs> I just use Instagram filters. <laughs> and then he was like, do you follow this person? Like back then it was like Moniel, yeah. Jared Chambers, yeah, yeah, um, yeah, yeah, and yeah. stuff like that. I was like, no. What is this world? Oh,
0: So this guy opens you up to exactly. the world of yeah. Instagram. Yeah.
1: And he was like, oh, like, you know, you should post like how many times a day. I was like, what? What? Like, what kind of rules are these? And who are these people? And just, it was just like mind blowing. Yeah. So, like after meeting him, it just opened a whole new world of this Instagram
0: but style photography kind of thing yeah. where
1: not even my friends or coworkers know. Yeah. And it's really hard to explain to them. It's mm-hmm. like, yeah, we just meet up in real life and go take pictures. Yeah. And they're like,
0: uh, okay. Is it
1: dangerous? Yeah. <laughs> but yeah, it's really because of him that made me really addicted to Instagram and made me take it more seriously. Mm -hmm. Uh, Back then it was just like, you know, taking cat pictures and selfies, whatever. But then that's when I realized I can actually use Instagram as a platform to build a portfolio. You know, I was in college. Mm -hmm. I was also looking for jobs, so that helped. (laughs) It's also a way to get my photography work out there and also keep this hobby going. It was actually very much because of Instagram and mobile photography that really ignited this passion back.
0: Well, while you're building that portfolio, you took the opportunity to come back to Hong Kong. Yeah, is that the, sort of way of, <laughs> the short way of putting it?
1: The short way, yes. The long way is my visa got denied in the city <laughs>
0: I didn't know if you wanted to say that.
1: It's okay. Yeah, it was quite funny.
0: <laughs> so you left the US. Yeah. You'd already made some friends on Instagram in Hong Kong. Yes. And you had also, obviously you were coming back to the city you were from. So you, right. you knew a lot of people. And then you decided to continue this passion as well as get a job at Ogilvy. Yes. Right? Yeah. And then you were appointed art director straight away or was mm-hmm. that you promoted director. to art director?
1: I started as content designer in Ogilvy, okay. um, Hong Kong. Was doing that for a year and a half and then switched to art direction. Okay. Okay. Do you want
0: to explain a little bit about the difference and then right. what your job is exactly? Right.
1: You know, Ogilvy & Mather is a really, really big yep. global company. Yep. Back then, they hired me as content designer because they wanted to build a content team, mm-hmm. which a few years ago, content, this word content it does not even make sense. It's really? like Yeah. Like, what does it content even mean?
0: Right. And this is 2013.
1: This was 2013. Yeah.
0: Yeah. Wow. Sorry to interrupt, but just to say that, how many times a day do you hear the word content now? Content
1: creation. Yeah, it's like yeah. a thing now. <laughs> yeah.
0: <clears throat> so, so this word, you were told that you're going to be a content designer. Yeah. Right. Okay.
1: I just want to get into advertising. In Hong Kong. <laughs> yeah, I'll just yeah, take it. Yeah. Doesn't matter. <laughs> so yeah, I was content designer. And honestly, like, even at the office, not a lot of people know what that means, what's content team. Back then, Facebook and Instagram, Facebook was already quite mature, but mm-hmm. still not a lot of clients get it. Yeah. I think that also continues now. Like, not a lot of client really understands like, what exactly they need to do on Facebook. Yeah, I was hired as content designer, basically doing a lot of social media posts Mm -hmm. for Huawei, for Standard Charter, Toblerone, and just some other random brands. Mm. I did that for like a year and a half and I actually got a little bored by it. And so I was debating whether to continue doing this or or, or do something else.
0: Yeah, I think I remember that time.
1: So I talked to another team, another department Mm. who does more bigger ad campaigns. And one of the creative directors There saw my work and, you know, he really liked it. And so I had the chance to join his team. And so I switched from being a content designer, just doing social content to doing bigger stuff as an art director. So working for, before we worked a lot on Nike um, and now a lot on KFC. So say, for example, for KFC in Hong Kong, they have a new flavor chicken every month. (laughs) So we come up with the bigger idea, the whole campaign. What would be the name of the chicken? What would be the key visuals? look like the tvc the storyline the Mm. mood board everything so it's a lot more diverse it's a lot more i guess like 360 Mm -hmm. than just making like the social social posts so it's it's a lot more interesting
0: how do you feel like that has changed i mean so now you've been art director since 2014 2015 something like that something like that right so how do you feel that social media if if at all has changed what you do in the Mm -hmm. last three years A lot, a little. A lot. lot. Yeah, 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 explain how. I
1: mean, I think with social media, a lot of basics of... Advertising, like basics of coming up with ideas, coming up with the core idea for a campaign mm-hmm. is still the same. Right. It's more the medium and the channels where you distribute that's kind of different. Right, right. And the biggest difference would be back then you use celebrities, yep. but now there's so many like micro-influencers that mm-hmm. you
0: can use. Mm-hmm. So does that help? I would say back in the day, you would, I wouldn't want to put a number on it, but just say you could reach out to Celebrity X and right. you knew that celebrity, everybody knew who Celebrity X was. Right now you might need to really reach out to 10 mini right. celebrities. Yeah. Is this easier or harder to get your message across?
1: It really depends on the campaign, I think. Okay. Um, you kind of just need to do a bit more research on the individual, we call it KOLs.
0: Yeah, who's that <laughs> key opinion
1: leader? <laughs> That's the term in Hong Kong for influencer. Yeah. Yeah. I think social media has affected advertising kind of in a good way because you have so many more different Channels and different types of work and content that you can produce. Like, for example, there's so many, like, mini online films. It's not just the regular, traditional television commercial. Yeah, yeah. It also has a lot to do with, like, how people interact. Because, you know, on TVC, not a lot of people would complain.
0: Right, right, but right. But then, like,
1: on Facebook, people can just easily comment, like, Right. Why did you do this? Yes. This is a shit campaign. So, blah, blah, in, a,
0: in a way, it's become like a, a customer service channel as well. Like, you kind of get this instant <laughs> feedback that right. you weren't necessarily asking for. Right, right. Is, is that good?
1: You can't take as much risk, I think. Right. Because...
0: Backlash is public. Exactly. One of my favorite comedians, he's a comedian writer called Charlie Brooker. And in the UK, if something bad happened on TV, whether it was a TV show or a commercial, they'd be like, there were 900 complaints about this commercial to the Advertising Standards Board. And this comedian was like, well, say 50,000 people watched that, that actually means forty nine thousand people were fine with it. Yeah, do you know what I mean? Yeah, but those nine hundred people are allowed. Um, so and that was back. But that was before in the internet. The the news would take those phone calls seriously or those letters. Yeah, but now. Because it's just so out there, this mm-hmm. instant feedback. Mm-hmm. We'll get to this on Instagram, but right now, like with commercials, <laughs> instant feedback, you're saying it leads to less risk. It's a factor when you're actually doing the campaign. What, yeah. would, what would come back to bite us or what would people think I mean, for,
1: for uh, ideas that we have to come up with for social campaigns, definitely. Mm. You know, that's kind of just like <laughs> basic like yeah. common sense that yeah. you, you have to think about, you know, what possibly... Would people think about this? Mm-hmm. And I think you just have to like think about. The idea in more detail. I mean, it's good and bad because like there is a possibility of backlash, but mm-hmm. at the same time, if you do this like really nice video and it goes viral in a good way, yeah. that's also like, oh damn, like you know, yeah. if you feel really good about yeah. it. Yeah,
0: so I was gonna ask so- you about that. I was gonna say, like, is it more satisfying? You do a social campaign and you do get that feedback that's right. I mean, I, I know in my industry it's quite similar to yours in that at the end of the year, awards are handed out, and yeah. as a result of that, the industry sometimes makes things that it knows will be up for some awards. But what really important is still yes. the feedback from yeah. the people that you're advertising to.
1: Yeah, I think I mean everyone's different, but mm. for me personally, being able to influence and impact people is more important than awards. Yeah. And I mean like that's kind of the same with Instagram for me. Because people are like, oh you know, you guys have so many following. I'm just mm. like, yeah, like having a lot of following is really nice because mm-hmm. it brings us a lot of opportunities to work on brands and yeah. to work on cool campaigns. Yeah. But it's really the comments that Matter to me Like sometimes I see a message Or I get a message Or I see a comment Where they're like Oh it's because of your photos That make me want to travel To Hong Kong It's because of your photos That make me realize Like my home is actually Such a nice place to live in Mm -hmm. So these comments Really make me feel like Yeah I think I'm doing The right thing Yeah,
0: Yeah Do you ever Try and replicate what you're doing in advertising with your social media, or with your Instagram. So do you ever think like about that emotional response and how am I going to get it out of people?
1: <laughs> to be honest, not really. M- does maybe it ever subconsciously. Feel like,
0: yeah. What well, does it ever feel like work? Because it seems like even talking to you now, I've known you for like three years, maybe four. Hearing you now makes it sound very much like, sounds like Instagram. Like, you know, like advertising. <laughs> Instagram sounds like a micro version of your job, right? right? right. Putting content out there every day and hoping that there's a response from that content. Um, Whether it's an emotional one or a, whoa, you know, some some kind of um, response. Like, so does that, does does, does does that ever feel like work?
1: Sometimes. Right, (laughs) right. I think the difference is that At my job as an art director, you're consciously thinking about how would this make people feel? Does the key visual reflect the product? And does it, you know, make people feel like this way? Like we're we're doing a Christmas campaign. When people see this ad, do they get that Christmas warm feeling? You know, it's it's very much like you really think through a lot. Mm -hmm. But for Instagram, it's a lot more chill. Yeah, yeah, of course. <laughs> like, I don't go through as much thinking. I'm just like, yeah, this looks nice. I like it. There's I'm no, going to post it. You, you don't do a
0: mood board? No, I don't.
1: <laughs> Unless it's for sponsored posts, yeah. I need to. But if it's just for, like, my own pictures, I don't think about it. Yeah. As much to be yeah. honest, yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah. If I do, it becomes it work be, yeah. and it becomes you know not fun, yes. and I wouldn't want to keep doing it, yeah. Yeah, that's kind of why I still kept photography as a side thing and not yeah. a full time job,
0: absolutely. Yeah, speaking about your Instagram from 2013, from the geometry and the stairs to where we are now, how do you feel it's changed?
1: I think initially and until now, actually, I've always used Instagram as a platform to share my work mm-hmm. and hope that more people would see it and kind of just share my you know, views of the city. Yeah. You know, I, I really love Hong Kong. I love traveling. I mm-hmm. just want to share my travels and share yeah. the beauty of my city. And it, it still remains the same in that aspect. But then I think because of, you know, over the years I kind of grew following, mm-hmm. there is an added pressure, like a little bit of pressure of that course. you have to keep posting stuff because people are following you to see your photos. Right. And also you have to post stuff that, are up to standard. Yeah. So now, the slight difference is that I do think about is this a good enough picture yes. to be shared online? Yeah. Or is this just like, meh, anyone can just take this. Yeah. So there is a bit of thinking behind that which kind of relates back to what you were saying about do you think a lot in terms of you know, what you post on Instagram, similar to advertising. Yeah. So yeah, one of the only differences is that if this is like good enough.
0: Yeah, and I think that is almost, it becomes advert for your life in Mm -hmm. a way. Like you just said about your posting your travels. It's like branding. Yeah, it's your brand. It's like, okay, I'm going on this trip and what do I want people to see of me on this trip? Or what do I want people to see when I go to this country. Yeah, totally, I have the exact same thing. You just think, well, is that good enough for people to see? Or in a nice way, it's like, I saw some amazing thing. I hope I can show it to people in the same way that I saw it. But then on the flip side of that, you can also reach a stage where you're like, oh, I really love this are a lot of people going to like this mm. or should I just not show them this? Right. You know, yeah. and it's is, that is the change I find. If I was to personally look back over yeah. four years ago, I didn't think so much about whether people are going to like it or exactly, not. Exactly. I was exactly. just like, I'm just going to show them this.
1: Yeah. I mean, I don't know if it's a good or a bad thing. I actually mm. really like my older work more because they're more raw. They're or more...
0: Older, like as in what? Um, like maybe it.
1: when I was shooting with iPhone or okay. I was just posting stuff simply because I just wanted. to...
0: Yeah.
1: yeah. I, I know it, it contradicts a little bit with what I was saying before, but I think a lot of my older photos are a bit more raw and more real. Yeah. And with this kind of bigger following, you also have this responsibility of yeah. what you post as well. Because, you know, like I used to be really into rooftoping and yeah. urban exploration and I can just post like whatever. But now because there's more people following, it's almost like what you post, like people are going to see it and kind of copy what you're yeah. doing. So It's so, almost like there's like a social was, responsibility.
0: There's a, there's a social responsibility, but also do you find that there's a creative responsibility as well? As mm-hmm. in, right, I have this following now and I may notice that what I do will be followed by thousands. Do you feel a responsibility to keep pushing forward and doing new things? Because I know I do. (laughs) Even though I can't sometimes, (laughs) you know, like I may have reached my creative ceiling. Um, But I I often feel personally that, um, yeah, I'm like, okay, this is the same as everybody else now. I hope I can see something different or do something in a slightly different way.
1: Yeah, definitely. And I I don't think that is necessarily just with Instagram. I think as a person who pursue like a career in in the creative industry, Mm. it's kind of normal for you to keep wanting to push and keep wanting to do something different. Because if you're doing something that's the same with everyone else, that's not creative. No,
0: no, it's it's (laughs) it's copying, copying, yeah,
1: Yeah, so it doesn't just apply on Instagram. It's also like advertising. It's also like, I don't know, if you're a director or like a photographer or a painter, I think you'd want to, you know, have your own style, but at the same time, push forward because then you would keep growing if you keep doing the same thing for 20 years that is your style but that's like just super boring
0: yeah but I mean I saw this thing today just this morning this quote from someone who said it's like social media has made it okay for us to keep pushing out work at a pretty unnatural rate
1: Mm, that's true. Um, that's actually quite true.
0: Yeah. Well, right now, we're looking out a window at Hong Kong, and you can probably see thousands of houses and thousands of windows. Yeah. If you can imagine how many people right now are creating content, yeah. like for something. Yeah. Right. Right now. And that is okay. We're all totally used yeah. to that. But is that good? <laughs> is that good? That's
1: actually a really good quote. Cause... Yeah,
0: it's, I'll try and find, I'm gonna find the exact quote now. Well, well okay, the actual quote is like 30 crappy ideas are not as good as two or three amazing That's true. ideas. That is true too. Right? What are your thoughts on that? <laughs> no pressure.
1: I really agree because when people ask me, like, how many photos do you post a week? I'm like, I try to post once a day. And in a certain extent, I almost feel like I'm producing. Work for people to consume. Yeah. It's like a consumer culture. It's not really like art. Yeah. I mean, I don't consider myself an artist. Yeah. I don't consider myself like a proper photographer. Should do. <laughs> <laughs> I, I don't. I'm just someone who likes taking pictures. Yeah. I post on Instagram, people follow it. And it's almost like it's for people to, they, I mean, they see it and, you know, like it's great that some people are inspired. But yeah. in some ways, I feel like it's also for people to kill time and.
0: Consume,
1: yeah. You know, like, I look at people scrolling on Instagram on MTR, and mm-hmm. honestly, they only spend, like, what, 0.2 seconds yeah. on your photo? Like, Absolutely. no one's going to spend, like, an hour Staring analyzing yeah, the picture. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I know some people who do, but… Yeah. M- the mass Most, don't. Yeah, yeah. yeah. So to a certain extent, I almost feel like Instagram, it's part of consumer culture where we're just making these quote unquote content for people to just Micro-consume
0: like really quickly. Yeah. And you become a massive, just a content monster that people exactly. are taking in when they have a spare minute. Yeah. 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 So,
1: like sometimes I feel like that. Sometimes I'm just like, whatever. I mean, like I'm someone who just like thinks about yeah. these random stuff. But, y- but then when it comes down to it, I actually don't really care.
0: <laughs> <laughs> but you know what's cool is that anytime you're thinking like that, like it's just this 0.2 second thing, like you said earlier, those comments will pull you back. A comment from somebody that says, I remember when you did this, and that thing is like six months ago, you know, and you're like, oh my goodness, someone did look at my picture for more than 0.2 seconds. And it kind of makes it all worth it in a way. Sometimes, yeah, I know exactly how you feel. I found the actual quote. So it's, social media has made it look okay to constantly produce work, when it's actually unhealthy to be forcing ideas out and producing meaningless art. Let your ideas flow because three amazing ideas are better than 30 crap and meaningless ideas. I wouldn't want to put a number on it because, you know, you wouldn't want to stop someone who can actually come up with 30 crazy, like amazing ideas. But there is definitely a feeling from me, not from you, but in general, of a factory of producing mm. yes. content, yeah. that, content is that is happening yeah, that is happening on a global scale, right? Right, Like we follow, say you follow 200, 300 people, that's nothing compared to the number of people out there yeah. that have every day created <laughs> some piece of content that they want consumed. It's, and nobody's doing it just for them, otherwise it'd be a private account, right? Right, right, right. So I don't know, do you know where that's going to go? Where do you see that going? Is this the way life is going to be from now on? <laughs>
1: I mean, if I knew, I wouldn't be here right? <laughs> I'd be like in Silicon Valley or
0: something. I basically, I, I want you to tell me when this is going to end. <laughs> I, don't,
1: I mean, I don't know where this is going to go. I just know that Instagram is not going to last forever, mm-hmm. just like any social media platform. Mm-hmm. And so f- Absolutely. for me, it's just like, since I know this is not going to last forever, I just want to take every opportunity I can yep. within this few years, like mm-hmm. maybe in five years or even like a year or two, yep. it's going to explode and just something new comes up. Yep. Who knows? Yeah. So for me, it's just like trying to grasp everything. Every opportunity I can do something cool with. And back to what you were saying with the social media content thing with, you know, producing like 30 crappy stuff compared to three good stuff. I do agree as well. But at the end of the day, despite us having this like kind of deep conversation about like numbers, about like consumer culture, whatever. At the end of the day, photography is still something I'm passionate about. I actually enjoy the process of shooting more than posting, Mm -hmm. to be honest. Like the process of getting a shot and capturing a moment, the process of meeting up with friends, going to a rooftop and shooting, like for me is more important than okay, did I get like the perfect shot to yeah. post on Instagram? Yeah, yeah Is yeah. this going to get like 10,000 likes, yes. you know? Yeah. So at the end of the day, it's still something I enjoy. It's yeah. not like, oh, I'm doing it just because of I have this. to. Yeah,
0: and and once it's gone and you won't take photos anymore, that's right, not going to exactly. happen. exactly. No,
1: I'm still going to be producing work. I'm still going to be sharing, or I'm still going to be taking pictures yeah. whether I share it or not. I mean, there's like millions of photos that I don't put online, but it's just because I enjoy taking
0: them. Yeah, so. yeah. Cool. I want to go back to something I can't believe I didn't think to cover it, but I don't know how much you want to talk about it. Rooftopping. <laughs> <laughs> yes. So, yeah, I mean, we can talk about this as much as little as you like, but I remember you've told me before, but I want you to share your first rooftop... To everyone. Yeah, 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 yeah. I want you to share the lock codes to the doors <laughs> of the rooftops in Hong Kong. Right. No, your first rooftop experience. I mean, you've told me before, it's really cool. Right. And then what that led to?
1: Well... A bit of backstory, this is also going back to Chicago. Uh, With that one guy I met in Chicago, you know, we exchanged contacts. And then he was like, hey, I'm meeting up with some people and going to this abandoned candy factory in the south side of Chicago, which is, you know, the ghetto area. I'm just like, "Ah, okay, I have nothing to do. I'm just going to go anyway. And so there were like five of us. That was my first mini insta meet. Mm -hmm. So we went to this abandoned candy factory. It was actually where The Dark Knight, one of the scenes was shot. And we went there. I didn't know what I was getting into. Mm -hmm. (laughs) We went there and I realized that you actually sneaking into the place. You're kind of trespassing. Oh, oh
0: you didn't know that when you met them?
1: <laughs> no, not really. I mean, I tried to Google it and it's like, oh, cool. Like, you know, it used to be a candy factory, but now it's abandoned. <laughs> so we went there. All over the candy factory, it was just like gates and you just can't get in. So we actually had to like climb up to like a train track that has trains passing by regularly. Oh, and then we ran across the train track, got right next to the candy factory yeah. and then climbed over a fence oh. to get in. So I was like okay, this is kind of cool. And then we went into the candy factory and it was just like filled with graffiti and Mm. like old factory stuff. And there was even some like leftover explosives from the Dark Knight movie (laughs) shooting. And I'm just like, oh my God, like I lived in Chicago for... Not a long time, like for four years. But I've never seen this side of the city. Mm -hmm. You know, like Chicago is a really beautiful city. You Mm -hmm. see like the nice buildings and stuff. But this abandoned part, it's actually really interesting. It reflects the history. It's almost like a mirror, like a flip side of the city. You see a different side of the city. And so, you know, like we were shooting there for like two, three hours. Mm -hmm. We walked out from the main gate thinking there's no one. As we were walking out, these two big guys (laughs) got out of car. And then they're like, what are you guys doing? Oh. I'm just like, oh, Blade
0: security. shit. security.
1: Yeah. Oh. And it was in this ghetto area. <laughs> I'm just like, oh, my God. We're going to get, like, we're, <laughs> like, we're not going to go home. And they called the police. They got oh. our ID. I'm like, oh, my God. I'm going to get deported. <laughs> <laughs> I was on a visa. Mm. And police came and they're just like, you guys are kids, whatever, just go. This is not a safe neighborhood. (laughs) You know, that experience just got me addicted and got me hooked to urban exploration because it's just such an interesting experience to see a different side and also the adrenaline and running away and, you know, being caught and stuff. It's like, man, I'm badass. (laughs) I'm not that goody-goody that I grew up being trained to be, like, by my parents. (laughs) So, you know, like, after that experience, I went on Google and searched urban exploration found out about rooftoping. Right. And I came across these two guys, Andrew and Javen's work. And right, they right, right, did rooftoping and they went on like crazy adventures mm. in Hong Kong. Like they're like the OGs, I yeah. think, in Hong Kong. Oh, yeah. So I saw their work and I'm like, oh my God, like I grew up in Hong Kong. I've never seen these perspectives before. I've never seen these angles. Like, how are they getting these pictures? I contacted them. And then when I moved back here, I was like, oh, you know, like, if you guys go, like, can I go and shoot with you guys? (laughs) And so I met up with Andrew and this Russian guy, Vitaly, who's famous for his on the roof videos. We met up. We went up to the masterpiece in TST. It's a K-11. And it's basically one of the tallest buildings in Kowloon side. And we went up there. And I'm just like, holy shit, like, what is this? Yeah. Like, this is the first time seeing Hong Kong from this angle. Right. I think it was like a, like maybe like 60, 70 stories building. And it was just us. Um, we were there for like an hour. We were taller than like the helipads. Yeah. The feeling of being up there is just, it's really chill. Because when you're on the streets in Hong Kong, it's really busy. It's really yeah. noisy. There's cars beeping and everything. Mm-hmm. But when you're up there, you're... All like by you're yourself. Else. Yeah, you're looking down from the top, down to the street, and you see all these little people in little cars. It's yeah. like you're the king of the world, right? Yeah, like you're yeah. really looking at the density of the city from high above. Mm-hmm. So that was one of my very first experiences in Hong Kong. Yeah. And that also just
0: got you hooked. Got me hooked. Like <laughs> yeah.
1: and since then I've just been like trying to find new spots that other people haven't been to. Mm-hmm. I'm trying to find unique angles that no one else can shoot. This actually impacted my Instagram in a certain way because on Instagram, I've been sharing like cityscapes and like, you know, street photography, whatever. Right. But because of rooftopping, and back then it was quite new, and I was doing these like, you know, dangerous <laughs> yeah, yeah, <laughs> pictures, yeah. like sitting on the ledge. Mm-hmm. It was such a new idea. It was quite new on Instagram. It's not a new thing that people do. It's just new it on new, Instagram.
0: Yeah, it was shown to a new audience Right, for the first exactly, time. Right, yeah. yeah. And
1: so I started posting pictures with me in it, doing these like relatively crazy stuff. And that kind of boosted my Instagram following a little bit because I realized that I established another almost like identity, not just a photographer, but also this crazy girl who does like crazy stuff, who does rooftopping. And
0: then I think that it was the start of, I mean, maybe it wasn't the start, but it was a different slant on photography, as you say. And it kind of showed that Instagram wasn't just about photography. It was about different communities of people telling their story visually basically and rooftoping or urban exploration is one of those communities so it's almost like you accessed a new set of people that may not have been interested in apertures and (laughs) this kind of thing but the daredevil side of things really appealed to them
1: yeah and also thinking back it's like I built a brand for myself yeah. as being the crazy rooftop girl, yeah, yeah. rather than just being behind the camera. Yeah. So, so this was something that I find quite interesting, mm-hmm. which is like people started following me because of my actions, not yeah. really because of my photography work.
0: Right, and how did you feel about that?
1: I mean. I didn't think much back then. Yeah, you know? like yeah. It, it's just like now it's when so I reflect on now. it. It's so obvious now. You're yeah. right. I never thought about it
0: either. But it's so obvious when you look back. Yeah, yeah you had two distinct followings. Like people right. that were like, "She's this daredevil." Yeah, and then you had people who were just like, "She's a really good photographer." Right, right, yeah. right. For
1: a while, I'm like, man, I kind of don't want to be pigeonholed to be that rooftop girl in Hong right. Kong. Getting messages like, "Hey, take me over to rooftops," you <laughs> yeah, know? Yeah, I was kind of struggling a little bit. Between, like, what kind of photos should I be posting? Mm -hmm. And, you know, like, people are concerned about safety and stuff. Yeah. You know, like, I did think about it a little bit, Mm -hmm. but that kind of didn't stop me from just keep shooting (laughs) and doing my thing.
0: Which is how it should be. Yeah.
1: Yeah. (laughs) I mean, like, we talk about all these things, but, like, to be honest, when I actually. Shoot, I don't uh, think, think about, about all no, these
0: stuff. No, much. it's some to think about for later. Yes, but yeah, when you're doing it, or if you would like to call me and say, "Let's go here and do this," I wouldn't you know. sit there and go, oh, "This what's the social responsibility?" <laughs>
1: yeah, exactly. <laughs> exactly. This before I go, exactly. <laughs> you just yeah. go. You, yeah, you just, you just do it. Yeah, if you think too much, you're not gonna end up doing anything. Yeah. So so yeah, I think it's just quite interesting having this kind of branding and identity thing. It's almost like those lifestyle bloggers yeah. where you know people follow them because of their lifestyle and for me like I feel like my audience people follow me not just for pretty pictures but it's also like kind of buying into me as a person, person. yeah it's like, it's like an alter ego yeah because you know me in real life yeah, I'm just like yeah. this I'm just like
0: <laughs> normal kind of stupid and yeah, yeah, you know. yeah but
1: then on Instagram people are like oh my gosh she's so cool and yeah, badass yeah. like It's just on the surface. We
0: have to keep that noise in that you just made. (laughs) Yeah, no, I know what you mean. It's cool. It is cool, though. There are so many people that would kill for an alter ego. You know, they would really want an alter ego. And what you're basically saying is you did it without trying.
1: Right? No, I'm not saying that. No no, 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 no. That like, just sounds really like
0: no, no. You weren't sorry. Let me rephrase it. <laughs> you weren't even aware you were doing it. I wasn't aware. Yeah, yeah. That was, sorry. That's a better way I, to put it's it. It's
1: not a conscious decision. Yeah, yeah, yeah,
0: but it just happened, and it's, it's awesome. Just,
1: yeah. <laughs> you making me sound like, yeah, man. Like <laughs> no, I knew where I was going.
0: No, I knew. Where I was going. No, no, no. I get it. I get it. I totally rephrase it. It just happened and now you have two personas. You have almost yeah, yeah, pretty
1: much. Even with branded collaborations and stuff. Mm-hmm. It's also it just happened to be really honest. I've heard people say the younger generation, some of them they're like, I want to be a YouTuber when I grow up. Right. I want to be a KOL when I grow up. Right, I want right, to right, right. be famous on Instagram when yeah. I grow up. Yeah. But you know, when we started <laughs> yeah, it's was like was
0: no famous on Instagram. Oh.
1: This brand wants to work with me. (laughs) Okay, I'll just try it. You know, it's a lot of trial and error. Whereas now it's like a thing where like, I want to be an influencer. It's a
0: viable career choice now. Exactly, exactly. Like
1: I want to get free cosmetics. I want to get like free clothes.
0: Right, right. (laughs) I still remember the first commercial job that I did. I remember thinking, and I say to my wife, Jess, like, should I do this? Is this right? You know. Is it too uh, commercial for my feet? Yeah, (laughs) this is is a really weird thing. But I do want that free bag. So I'm going to do (laughs) it. I'm gonna do it. <laughs> yes, I'm gonna do it. Yes. I remember it like it was yesterday. Again, going back to what you said, I didn't overthink it. Right. I was just like, I'm it, doing this just, thing. It's just you
1: know, like it's just when this opportunity gets thrown to you. Yeah. Why not? Yeah. Like for me, a lot of times it's like, why not? Like you know, I'll just try it. If it doesn't work, I won't do it again. Yeah. If it works, then I'll keep doing it. Yeah. So it's a lot of like trial and error, and it's actually quite a good learning experience. Yeah. It's quite a fun experience, I guess. Like for you too, when you started Instagram, it's not like I'm gonna be famous. No way. I'm gonna, I want to post pictures <laughs> no. to be the famous. No way. It it
0: wasn't even a word. Do you know what I mean?
1: It was it's like not, it's like it such really a normal isn't. word that
0: I'm like, oh, that person's insta famous. That we person's... We sound a-
1: old right now. Yeah, <laughs> we I know. sound, so I sound like
0: old. jaded. <laughs> <laughs> no, it's still all good, guys. <laughs> so I wanted to talk a bit about some of the places you've been, but so, like you've been to some of the coolest looking places especially in China I would say that well for me I mean we went to Zhangjiajia together but for me you've been to places like Chongqing and then you recently went to a place that was Guiyang
1: Guizhou near Guizhou
0: Guizhou okay another place you've been recently is like an island off Shanghai yes Um, Shanghai earlier you talked about you want to do these you take photos and you're lucky enough to do cool things these are the kind of cool things that you're talking about right (laughs) what's an interesting place that you've been that you probably wouldn't have thought to go like a couple of years ago I mean
1: growing up (laughs) travelling I've always loved traveling. I think a lot of people want to go to places like Iceland, mm. Greece, and Europe and those are places I want to go as well. But I think Instagram actually changed me in terms of the destinations I want to go to because mm-hmm. say for example, a lot of the European cities, a lot of the like the US cities mm-hmm. on Instagram, on this platform, like there's so many pic- like you've seen so many pictures of yeah, them. Yeah. And I've seen so many pictures of them. And it's, it's really beautiful. It's really interesting. I'd love to visit those places someday. Yeah. But then everyone goes there. Yeah. And yeah. I'm just like, eh.
0: Yeah. So you you wanna, know, like,
1: I want to go there, but it's like, oh, everyone goes there. I kind of want to discover. Like, it's almost like because I see so many pictures, mm-hmm. I I feel like I know how that place looks, already, looks like. Looks already, yeah. So it doesn't, it, it kind of doesn't. Make me want to go. Right. Like for me, I'm kind of someone who just want to do the opposite yeah. of like yeah. d- like and other you, you people. Yeah, you want
0: to discover new things as exactly, well, right? Exactly, exactly.
1: Yeah. The curious type. <laughs> yes. <laughs>
0: yes,
1: So these days, I want to travel to places that not a lot of people have been to, especially in China, because Instagram is such like a Western country-driven platform. Most people on that platform, I guess, are like U.S., yeah. Europe, some in Thailand, some in Australia. But predominantly, for my following at least, it's also a lot of Westerners. And I want to go to places that not a lot of people have been to. Mm -hmm. Not a lot of people have been exposed to. And share those places and share my experiences there to my followers on Instagram. So that they can see that, oh wow, I didn't know that China actually has this amazing place. Like, you know, I didn't know this, I didn't know that.
0: Absolutely. So
1: I'm more interested in discovering these kind of under-discovered places on my own. And then sharing those pictures with audience rather than, okay, I'm going to go to this country. This, this, this are yeah. places I'm going to go shoot.
0: And, and you've seen them before. Yes, but you just, I'm going
1: to I'm just, go just, take the exact picture. Same hotel, yeah.
0: So one of the most undiscovered places that you went was North Korea. <laughs> yeah,
1: I knew this. <laughs> yes. <laughs> so, so
0: I would say that, I mean, I've been with you a ton of times where people have just come out and said, you went to North Korea, how What's was What's wrong that? with you? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, how, why did you do that? Right. You know, that kind of thing. So why did you do
1: that? <laughs> Honestly, it's simply because I was curious. Yeah. And also because (laughs) I had a holiday (laughs) and I wanted to go somewhere close by. (laughs) So it's like North Korea is one of those places I've actually wanted to go for a long time. Mm -hmm. Because it's such a secretive place and it's a country that everyone talks about. It's so dangerous. Nuclear bombs. Yeah. Everyone talks about it, but no one seems to really know.
0: They have a a pre conceived notion of it or like the, a media representation of yeah, it already exactly
1: exactly and yeah. I think I mean working in advertising you know like I, I kind of know how media works mm-hmm. like how whatever media says it's actually quite influential yeah the same as advertising and so I had the opportunity to go there with a tour group because you have to go with tour groups mm-hmm. and it was with a Hong Kong tour group and that group called Glow Travel yeah it's actually a startup mm. it was by two really young guys who's like my age, like 26, 27. Hong so they're like Hong Kong guys. guys, yeah, cool. super young. And he's also very passionate about like going to places that... People normally don't go to. Right. Especially for Hong Kong people. Mm-hmm. Everyone goes to Japan. Yeah. Hong Kong people just goes to Japan over <laughs> and over and over again. I'm just like, I don't want to go. I, don't, I just don't want <laughs> to go to Japan. those same places. Like, I want to go to places like Tibet, Mongolia, yeah. North Korea, Ukraine, you know, yeah. like places that are under discovered. And so I went with Glow Travel. I talked to the founders, and, you know, it seems like a pretty good agency to go with. And so I went simply because I was curious. Yeah. Going there was quite an experience cuz you don't have internet, you lose connection, like yeah. you just don't have anything. You're pretty much cut off from the rest of the world. The experience like t- <laughs> how should I put it? <laughs> <laughs> Cause it's cuz it's really hard to explain and I yeah. feel like every single word I said, it's quite sensitive. Right. Okay. So just, just give me a few seconds. No, no, it's fine. So you know, like when you go to North Korea, you basically are disconnected with the rest of the world. You just there to experience the country. And you're just looking and observing and taking everything in. Yeah,
0: like your senses are like, they're boosted because you don't have this square brick in your hand. Exactly, exactly. Like,
1: I mean, on the trip, like no one had their phone in their hands. Right. I mean, you're allowed to. Yeah. You're allowed to take pictures and stuff. But without
0: internet, it's It's kind of
1: pointless. Yeah, I mean, and we take pictures like from time to time, but it's not like you're staring at the the phone. It was quite a nice experience in that sense. So one outtake that I got was that you know, you really should just put down your phone sometime to really notice things around you. Mm -hmm. The second outtake I got was I realized how much media actually affected me in terms of my perception of this country. Right. So I went in there thinking that everything is fake, thinking that everything that are shown to us are fake. People are all actors. Whatever we see, the houses, they're just like a flat piece of paper. (laughs) You know, like maybe it's not as crazy, but you do have a very strong pre...
0: Preconceived preconceived, um, idea
1: idea of this country. So I went in with that and the first two days I was actually quite nervous. Mm. I'm not sure what I'm supposed to do, what I'm not supposed to do. Right. So I remember really clearly, I think the first day or the second day, we went up to this observatory, this tower, where you can just overlook the whole city. Mm -hmm. And there's this guy, this really old man, who just came up and started talking to me in Korean. And I was like, no, like (sighs) no Korean. And in my mind, I'm just like, are you allowed to talk to me? Like, why are you talking to me? What are you trying to say? (laughs) I was just being really defensive. Like, am I allowed to do this? But... Then I got the tour group leader, right. who's North Korean, oh. to come over and like translate. translate? Well, and he just wanted to ask where we're from. Yeah, he was just curious yeah, about us yeah, as much yeah. as we're curious about them.
0: But your ideas of what he was going to say, yeah. like you put your guard up.
1: Yeah, exactly. Yeah. And I, I kind of wanted to take a selfie with him, but right. I wasn't sure if I can. So mm-hmm. it was just like a lot of... My mind was just like... Right, struggling because
0: of what you thought was going to happen as opposed to what was actually happening. Exactly.
1: Even walking along the streets, like say we saw like a girl with a puppy. Mm. It's like, oh my God, they have puppies in North Korea? Like they're allowed to have pets? It's so normal. (laughs) Of course they can. You know, like they're just everyday people that they just happen to have a pet. It's like, (laughs) but it's a pet in North Korea. (laughs) Everyone just started taking pictures, you know? It's like there's like flowers like, yeah. what where did like, they get flowers from exactly yeah. like we went to a supermarket like what like they have like China brands like what <laughs> but then like when you like take that mindset and put it somewhere else like say imagine someone comes to Hong Kong they're yeah. like what they speak English in Hong Kong yeah. like yeah, what yeah, yeah. You it know? was that
0: level it's yeah. that level
1: of like confusion yeah. also it was just like Man, being there, it's just like you see these everyday people living their everyday lives. Yeah. They're just normal people. Yeah,
0: and you realize media has totally done a number on you. Yes, like totally, totally. absolutely yes. made you think one thing. Yes. And you had no idea to check with whether what they were saying was true or not. Right,
1: right, right. It's crazy. I mean, the, the things with nuclear and like yeah. all the political things. Mm-hmm. I mean, there's political stuff happening like in every single country. Right but that doesn't represent the country as a whole.
0: Absolutely. you know, like I absolutely. mean, like in the
1: US, there's always a lot of gun shooting, yeah. but it doesn't mean that every single person in the US has guns.
0: Absolutely. And in- it, I feel it's something that people need to always remember is, because to be honest, since I moved here right. to Hong Kong, there are still people in the UK that will ask me things about China, like right. about dogs, you know, right. like, eating dogs or something <laughs> Does like everyone that. everyone eat dogs? <laughs> yeah. And you're like, um, the best way I can put it is just a country isn't its people. Right. Those news items that you see yeah. randomly on YouTube, do not represent everybody. That right. represents that news item, and right. that's it.
1: I mean, it's the same as Umbrella Revolution, right? yeah, I remember yeah, you yeah. talking about it, like... People see Umbrella Revolution, they keep seeing that same image. Yeah, of, of the smoke
0: bomb. Yes. Yeah, and, and, and they th-
1: think Hong Kong is dangerous. Yeah, yeah. But we're or, just like drinking coffee in a <laughs> right, coffee shop. Right, like know? half
0: a mile from that. Exactly, right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah.
1: It, it really just boggled me about how
0: media imagery.
1: Exactly. just
0: infiltrates your head yes. and you don't challenge it. Yes. Just, but you basically did challenge it. You went I there did. and got your own images and yes. you managed to share them with a ton of people. Yes. But one thing we talked about was that. Even when you told people when you came back from North Korea of what you've seen, people still challenged you. Yes. People that have never been to North Korea, yeah. so only have that media representation, still challenged you on what yeah. you saw and were still not believing.
1: That's quite interesting. I mean, I kind of understand where they're coming from because we pretty much grew up. Yeah, like, yeah everyone's Korea, like
0: North Korea, North Korea. Yeah. Yeah. yeah.
1: People are actors. Yeah. <laughs> Everything's fake. People just pretend to smile, yeah. stuff like that. And to be honest, like, there were some cases where I was like, oh, maybe they really are. Right. But then there were also some cases where I'm like, they're just, like, buying stuff from the supermarket. Yeah. Like, yeah. you know, like, they're yeah. just... <laughs>
0: they're just Regular people, you know? there's, there's too much going on here for it to all be fake, right? Yeah, exactly. Like, <laughs> yeah, yeah and there
1: was also this one other thing where I kind of want to mention too. We were taking the subway, mm. you know, like I had some like subway photos, yeah, from I saw Korea them, they were amazing. Yeah yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah, we were on the subway, and the subway's super cool. You know, certain stations were like the chandeliers. Mm-hmm. It actually looked—apparently it looked like Russia, Russia. Yeah, yeah, back then. Which I didn't know. Like it, My followers told me about it. Right. We were taking the subway. All the North Koreans were really quiet. And I'm like, oh, maybe it's because they're not allowed to talk to us. Maybe they are actors. <laughs> yeah. Maybe they're just there just to show that people take transportation. Right. They're so quiet. Like, why aren't they saying anything? Yeah. And then, the week after, I came back to Hong Kong— It was like rush hour. Right. The MTR car was silent as well. Right. There's actually some sort of like similarities.
0: That's really interesting. Yeah. But are you saying that you just never noticed, is it going back to the phone thing? Like you never noticed the quiet in the MTR car because uh, you're on your phone? Right. And also
1: people, maybe they just don't want to, Talk when they're you know going yeah, to work. Yeah. Maybe it's the same for North Koreans. They yeah. just don't feel like chatting. But right. for me, when I <laughs> you, see them not talking, I'm like, like maybe they're not allowed to talk. <laughs> yeah, you know, like I just yeah. have this yeah. added added layer perception <laughs> of every single action they do. Yeah.
0: Another thing is though, did they have phones? I mean, on these people, because I guess if you don't have your phone out, right? The other thing that you were seeing was probably people just staring into space. Right.
1: Some of them do. I mean, in Pyongyang, which is the capital, Mm -hmm. it's kind of a city where there's richer people, like people with higher levels in the government and stuff, Yeah, and higher income, I guess. Some of them do have phones. It's like a smartphone, I think, and they have their own intranet. (laughs) It's not the internet. It's an intranet. (laughs) Yeah.
0: So after talking about places you've been, going to talk a little bit about where you're going to go. You might be... Or you are. I am. Leaving Hong Kong. Yes, soon. sadly,
1: yes. So
0: you want to talk a little bit about <laughs> By that? By the
1: time this podcast comes out, yeah. I might be there already. You know, I, I love Hong Kong. Yeah. Grew up here and love it even more every time I travel and then come back. But, um... I'm moving to Australia and it kind of because like you know of personal life and also I got a job opportunity there in yeah. an ad agency as well. I'm relatively young yeah. and I kind of just want to try working somewhere else because for me I know I'm going to end up coming back to Hong Kong anyway to right. settle. Yeah. So I want to take this time to try something different yeah. and then eventually I'm going to come back. Are you sure? Yes, I'm sure. <laughs> I mean you, maybe you, I'll no, fall sound, in love with you, Sydney.
0: You sound super sure. You're like I know I'm going to come back to Hong Kong and settle that's nice that's good to know
1: so far after all my travels Hong Kong is still my favourite place to be in despite all these you know social and political problems (laughs) yeah red is high Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. but Hong Kong is still home for me and I think it will always be
0: amazing well just want to say good luck with whatever happens next and thanks for talking to me
1: thank you